Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. What is going on, Vigor Life crew? We're back here with the Vigor Life Podcast and another amazing guest. I know every week I'm like this amazing guest, but hey, listen, because it is. Um, And there's so much stuff to dig into with uh, my friend Michael Chernoff, man, and, and there's Put it this way. We're going to, we're going to touch on a lot of things, man. We're going to touch on, um, I would say overcoming obstacles. We're going to touch on habits, building businesses. I mean, you are, you are somewhat of a, you know, most interesting man in the world in the running floor. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're going to talk about being a fitness junkie. we got a lot of things in common, man, but welcome to the show, Mike. Pleasure to have Thanks. you on. Thanks so much, dude. I am, uh, I'm fired up. I've been looking forward to this all week, man. I really have. This was like, you know, I, we're, we're probably not going to be launching this obviously on the day that we record it, but it is Friday. And, uh, I was really looking forward to ending my, my Monday through Friday work week with this podcast. So I'm real fired up. Man. I love it, man. I love it. Um, there's, you know, for anybody that knows you and I'm again, if you, if you don't like, you got to start following, uh, Mike, for, I mean, put it this way, for inspiration, like it, it, if you don't get fired up following him, you got a problem, right? We, we got we to gotta dig deeper into it. But there's so many lessons, um, you know, for I'm going to keep it as kind of short and, and give you the alley-oop here because um, it's actually tough to break down all the different stuff that you do. But I actually first found out about you through the restaurant business because I was going to your restaurants. Um, you know, I went initially went to to Seymour's and I used to live upstate New York. So New York city was a kind of place I would go to all the time. Um, but I went to Seymour's I actually didn't know it was your restaurant, loved the place. And then me and Faruja, this is probably now I'd say six years ago, went to the meatball shop, um, and had the damn best, best meatballs of all time. By the way, the crab meatball is mind blowing. And you'd think that it, it, it's, it's not a thing. The crab meatball is the greatest meatball of all time. Um, but in, <laughs> And, you know, later on also kind of like learning more about you and through, through the network and my friends that, that knew you as well, uh, you know, you, that you've been successful in a restaurant business, but, you know, knowing you and then kind of learning more about you is that you had, a, you know, you struggled with addiction, overcame that and that, you know, fitness was a huge kind of, uh, I would say catalyst for that amongst other things. Um, and I, and I really kind of want to, you know, dig from, the beginnings of the things that you believed help you overcome obstacles and become successful from a place of just building character and habits. Because from there, you know, you built successful restaurant businesses now also into, which we'll talk about meal one and creatures of habit, which I love. Um, you know, let's start there. Cause I think there's a lot to learn about a person. There's a lot of lessons to learn from, you know, the obstacles that they face rather than just like, they, hey, here's the hoorah, here's all the great stuff that's happening. You know, what were the challenging times that you had in your life and and what were the things that helped you overcome those? Um, that's, a, that's a great place to start. You know, I, I guess I want to, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, I've been following your content for a very long time. You're a, you're a coach uh, that I believe really has his eye on such a well-rounded idea of what fit, fitness means. Um, you know, for, for years, I, I've had like many different stages of my fitness journey, and we'll obviously get to that. But 
in each stage, I really did focus predominantly on one modality, right? It wasn't like I didn't ever really blend the modalities. So for the first 12 years that I stepped into the world of, of fitness, I was, I was Muay Thai kickboxing. That's, that is what I did. I, and, and there were other things that went along with the training for that conditioning, but there was no weights at all. It was, it was calisthenics towards the end kettlebell work, like a fair amount of kettlebell work. Mm -hmm. And, and obviously training hard in the ring and, uh, and, and then conditioning running, you know, and then I went and then I transitioned out of, out of Muay Thai after two reconstructive nose surgeries and realizing that I wasn't going to be a professional kickboxer. And, uh, you know, I, I love the sport. I will always love the sport. I have, um, Thai warrior shorts tattooed on my body, uh, literally from my hips all the way down to just above my knees to remind me of how that sport saved my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll tell that story, but then I transitioned into endurance running and because I, I become so passionate about running while training Muay Thai, you cannot be a successful Muay Thai practitioner without an engine. You just need that conditioning. It's necessary, right? Even though a fight is, you know, at most five rounds, three minutes per round with a 30 second to a minute long rest, those three minutes are unbelievably hard yeah they're unbelievably hard right and so that conditioning is necessary so i really got into the world of running and then when i transitioned out of muay thai i dove into into endurance running and i was running marathons and doing just super long distance running and i was doing like you know 20 mile runs every sunday um Damn. I was like really, really into it. And it really, I, I it put me in a, a real meditative state um, with that long distance running stuff. I really, really, from like 2000, I'd say eight is when I ran my first marathon all the way to like 2015-ish, 16 um, is what I, is like, I really was like deep into running and, and long distance stuff. And, and there was some other fitness stuff, but really it was about running. Uh, and then I got into weight training and then I went, I, I like pretty much put a can on the running. It fucked up my knees. It fucked up my back. Um, <laughs> after all that pounding the pavement. And then I said, you know what, I got to start strengthening my body, right? Like I was 150 pounds, um, and I was lean and mean, but I was not like, I, I had a lot of muscle to put on. Um, and, uh, and that's when I got into strength training and that's, and that's when I really fell in love. Like I really fell in love with weights. Um, and, uh, after my last marathon, I ran a marathon in 2018 and, uh, a friend of mine, and I didn't, I didn't know that I was going to be, you know, dip out of that long distance stuff. I, I was imagining that I'd probably get into ultras and things like that. But a friend of mine after the 2018 New York City Marathon, I saw her in the gym um, like a couple of days later and she was like, so what's next? And I was like, you know, that's a great question. Normally I have some sort of a fitness target, but but right after that race, I did not. Um, I did not. And uh, she was like, have you ever body, have you ever done bodybuilding? I was like, bodybuilding. I was like, I, I like, I like lift weight, you know, like I'll do high intensity weights, you know, circuits and stuff like that. But I'd never, I'd never thought about bodybuilding. I'm like a fucking little guy. And um, she said, I think you have the, I feel like you have the frame for it. You have the frame for men's physique. You should try it. 
And I couldn't get it out of my mind that all night I was thinking about it. And I said to my wife, I was like, would you like, I'm going to, I'm going to try bodybuilding. And she was like, she was like, <laughs> she was like, great. And that night I got hooked up with a coach and I was all in. And, um, I competed in 2019 for my first show and I loved every second of it. Um, I really love that discipline, that hardcore discipline. But I guess the point of my story is, right, like I've always done these like very focused programming, this this very focused programming for whatever sport I was focused on or, or competing in. And why I love your your like following along with your stuff is that like you you are you are coaching and you are a true athlete, right? And so that is really the culmination of a bunch of different modalities and functionalities blended into a system. And so now that, you know, I got my pro card in bodybuilding in 21 and I competed as a pro once. And that's when I was like, you know what? Like, that's what I, that's it. I'm done. Like I, I, I got my pro card. I wasn't even gunning for my pro card, but I, I, I put all my energy into it and I got it. And then I competed as a pro. I placed third in my first pro show. And then I was like, that's it. I'm good. I'm going to move on to something else. And so I started doing CrossFit and now I'm now, you know, I got the CrossFit open coming up in a few, few months. I'm, I'm hoping to compete, uh, in, you know, get to the quarterfinals and compete there and see how I do. Um, but, um, it's it's way more aligned with like it it, it remind it, it it makes me feel way more like an athlete again mm. closer to what I was doing with Muay Thai where I'm moving fast I'm 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 moving a lot um, as opposed to like just thinking about how heavy I can lift this thing um, I'm really sort of there's a lot there's that too but but it's it's combined with these you know let me let me let me try to lift something really heavy after you know crushing my legs on the assault bike you know. It- one man, one thing I can't help but notice though with with that story is, it seems like you you go all in on shit, all in. I mean, all in. I've always it, been that way. Is is that? Do you feel like is that something that um helps you? You know what I mean with the focus? Because again, I, I don't even think there's a right or wrong. I think there's lessons to be learned that like you know you did you know you even with the for instance the bodybuilding show. It's like all right, I came in third. I got my pro card. <laughs> you know what I mean zone all in all right cool now i'm gonna go do the competition i'm gonna go and actually compete at this it's it's like does that help you focus if it wasn't if if you had something it was like no i'm not i'm not gunning after something does it like drop your motivation i think i think that i always um i think for me as a human being i like to have targets i like to have uh, a fitness target, a nutrition target, a family target, a business target, and like a personal happiness target. Mm. Like I like to have those things. And that's why I'm so structured in my life. I mean, I've got, you know, on my hand tattooed discipline equals freedom. I know for sure, you know, discipline is my best friend. Uh, it, it, and, and I need it in my life. I need structure. And there's a lot of reasons as to why I need structure. You know, after my, I did three amateur shows, before I got my pro card and when I, I placed first in my last amateur show and they were, they gave me my pro card for that. And that was when I said, okay, well now I got to really turn it up. Right. Cause now I'm a pro <laughs> now it's, you know, it's different. 
um, than just like showing up to a show and, and seeing what I got, you know, like the, the, the judges really did think, and it was a pretty big show. The judges did think that I had something special. And so I was like, all right, well, let me set this, let me set the bar a little higher for myself here. Um, and so I, you know, I, my coach was super fired up about it as obviously. And, uh, you know, we put a really strong plan together and we can, we, we, we competed about 10 months after that. Um, but yes, totally. You know, like I, I like to have targets. I like to have something six months, 12 months ahead of me that I know I'm working towards always. Why? Because it keeps me on my fucking toes. It keeps See, me thing, on my toes. Yeah. I, I feel that like, you know, the, I don't know, like people have this, at least there's a lot of this today where it's competition as like some type of negative, um, connotations to it. But I, I think competing is central. I mean, if you, you know, it could be, they could be healthy competition, but I think that's part of the reason too. Like you're competing many times against yourself really. But again, there's, there's others around you still to this day. I have to kind of sometimes pull back because if I got a crew of people in the gym and they're like, all right, we're training, like something turns on and I'm going to get more out of myself than if I'm by myself now. And I push myself, you know, even by myself, but as soon as you, you turn that competition on and I think competing is healthy, you know, and that's you know, kind of like one other thing that I would say about it. Right. And I think we'll probably dive deep into this because I believe it with every cell in my body. Fear is, is such a, is such a special part of life. Fear is my ultimate motivator mm. and fear used to be my ultimate debilitator. And when I understood that this fear thing actually is such a positive component to life. You know, I, like you said, in my, when you introduced me, you said, you know, follow this dude, like, you know, there's inspiration in his, in his content. I'm not, I'm not trying to be some guru, you know, I'm not really, I'm, I am telling, you know, putting out the message that I've gone through a lot in my early, in, in the, in the long, in the little amount of time I've spent on, I've got a long way to go, right? I'm 42. Yeah. I feel like I'm 25, but I've experienced a lot. You know, I had a really, really fucked up childhood and I was out on the streets of New York City pretty much at like 13 years old and I had to make my way and I had dealt with a lot of, you know, a lot of abuse as a kid, all kinds of abuse, sexual, physical, verbal, all sorts of shit. And I'm not saying that as like, a, you know, I want, I want people to feel bad for me. I'm saying that as like, I wouldn't change any of it. All those experiences have culminated to the human being I am today. And they give me the right to share my story. I'm not, and, 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 and also, by the way, like, if you don't like it, unfollow me. You know, like there are people that will shoot me some hater shit. Like, oh, you think you, and I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I don't think anything. I'm literally sitting here telling you what I've experienced in my life. And the things that have worked for me and the things that have not worked for me. And I know in my heart of hearts that the greatest happiness and success as a human comes through being able to help somebody else. That's the thing. It's not like a, you're not, you're not going and doing stuff and saying like, I'm going to share things to fire you up. Like you're sharing your life. It, it, it's, it's, Again, it's kind of like that you're documenting versus creating, right? I mean, th that's the kicker, the way that you live. I always, I always say this, you know, does your video match your audio? 
right? Like the stuff that you're saying, like if you shut off all the cameras and somebody goes and follows you for a day, no, this, this might, this, this is what's going on. I, I think that that's the most powerful part of it is you see somebody live their life. You see somebody overcome things and it becomes the blueprint. I, I always say, uh, you know, one, one of the things I love is like collecting role models. Right. So collecting role models from a standpoint and going like, hey, man, this guy, the way, what he does in philanthropy is amazing. I'm going to collect that as a role model and try to integrate it in my life. Wow. Like how this guy operates his discipline on a daily basis and structure. I'm going to collect that role model because if, if you're not where you want to be, there's role models that can be a guide for you, you know, whether near or far. I mean, I think that's the power of social media. And when people are following you, whether listen to your podcast or social media is that you you can use that as a role model to guide you and and I believe that that's that's what you're doing by sharing your experiences and the shit that you've done shit you've overcome uh you know so so that's why I'm, I'm 100% agree with you when it's like look man if if you don't want this to be a role model uh, you know unfollow mute all that shit that you know is is your choice but I, I think that's what the power is man because um and again like I I'm really really dive into the you know, overcoming the struggle because, because that, because that's where a lot of people that, you know, two that reach out to me is like, man, I'm struggling with something. And so it's like, it, it's really difficult sometimes to latch on to like, oh man, you're the fittest that you've been and business is going good. But like, I'm here in this stuck part. And so so I, I think I want to, cause I want to, I want to, I want to tell the whole story. Right. But, but mm -hmm. before I do that, I think it's important to say this. If anybody is listening to this podcast that is struggling, there's three things I'm going to say. One, no person, no other person is going to save you. Two, no job, no matter how good or how bad, is going to change the way you feel about yourself if you do nothing else. And three, money is not going to change you either. It's mm -hmm. just not. It might make you feel comfortable in the moment, but I'm telling you, it's not going to make you feel or learn to love yourself better, which is the, the true key. And so if you're struggling and you're trying to find things outside of yourself to pull you through this, if only I had, if it was only this one, like if that job only, if that girl guy only said, uh, no, nah. you got to go inside and it's going to start with your daily commitment to self-love and self-care through fitness and nutrition. I promise you that. I promise you that if you can get right, and I'm not saying for the rest of your life, I'm not saying for the month, I'm not saying for the week, I'm saying for right here, right now, today, <laughs> if you can commit every single morning to moving your body in a pretty vigorous way, and if you've not done anything fitness-wise ever or for a long time, that could mean walking for 15 minutes. But starting with that and eating healthy, if you can commit consistently to those two things, I promise you, I promise you, everything else in your life is going to change over time. It's just the truth. I know it to be true. We have gotten so far away because of technology and because of, of the media and because of uh, like fucking capitalism 
gotten so far away from this idea that we are actually the most important thing in our lives, us. Number one priority, me, is the most important thing in my life. And if I look for other things outside of me to make me feel happy, I'm going to lose every time. Anything I put in front of myself, I am not only going to lose that, but also not reap any of the benefits because if we're not happy, if we don't look in the mirror and see the person looking back at us and say, man, you're all right, dude. You're all right. Thank you. It's, 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 it's lost. So if you're stuck in any, in any area, the easiest piece of advice I can give is start moving your body and start putting good things into your body. If, if you can do that consistently, commit to those with discipline, commit to those, to that, those two things. You know, if you think about it only in the last, what, 150 years, have we had technology cars, planes, fucking Rolex, you know, whatever. Before that, it was, are you able to eat? And can you protect yourself from the saber-toothed tiger? <laughs> you know, like, are you fast enough to get away from that thing? And are you able to hunt and grow food so you can you can actually eat? And those were the two things that actually created happiness and success, nothing else. And that was for like hundreds of thousands of years that humans have been standing on two feet. So only recently have we been this, has, has this whole new, you know, this, this, this new thing changed where it's all the other things and it's not about our fitness and our, and our ability to survive. And so I just say, think about that because that's what we're wired. That's what those two things are, are ultimately what we are pre-wired to, to want, need, and, and ultimately have to survive. And if survival means happiness, well, then you've just won. Anyway, I grew up in New York City. I, uh, for whatever reason, have always thought entrepreneurially from as early as I can remember. I was a, I was a young kid selling my toys on, on 87th Street and 2nd Avenue for a dollar, <laughs> five years old with my older sister. Uh, you know, going into the comic book and baseball card shops and like buying packs of cards, going through the cards, seeing if I wanted any of the cards. And if I didn't want any of the cards, literally setting up outside of the baseball card shop and trying to sell the cards for 50 cents a piece, like just that guy, right? Walking by the time I was 11 years old, I, you know, I had 30 dogs in the neighborhood that I was walking and my parents had to pull the plug on it because I was like getting home from school at three o'clock and I was walking dogs from three 30 to seven. Um, and so I've always thought that way. I had a really, really rough relationship with my father. Very, very tough. My father, God rest his soul. Um, and I've completely forgiven him. I don't blame him for the shit that I had to go through. I did for a long time, but you know, he was a violent, aggressive, very angry human being. He is the epitome of someone who did not love himself and did not, did not like do anything, um, to, to, to ultimately level up in his life. And so he and I had a very tough relationship and I tried to stay as far away from my my apartment, uh, growing up as a kid as possible. I was sleeping over at friends' houses from very, very young. 
my mother was happy to have me sleep out because she knew I was going through hell and she was terrified of my father. So she was like afraid to leave him too. But we lived in a 600 square foot apartment, my mother, my father, my sister and I and two cats. And it was tight. My father was also a hoarder. So it was really fucking dysfunctional. My, you know, um, and, uh, and it was rough. It was rough growing up in that apartment and they didn't have a lot of money. Um, you know, we, there was always food on the table. It wasn't like we were like, you know, poor, but, uh, if I wanted anything, I had to get it, you know? And so from very young, I tried to figure out ways to make money. And, uh, I, I, when I got into high school, um, I saw all these kids, you know, um, that were older than me. And, you know, I think I had smoked weed once when I was 12. Uh, and then as soon as I got into high school, I was 13 and everybody was smoking weed, drinking, using drugs. And very, very quickly, I said, I can make money here. And um, by the end of my freshman year of high school, I was the drug dealer in my high school. And, um, and I got deep into that world of using drugs and selling drugs. And uh, that was like my real first true entrepreneurial venture. You know, I, I really kind of understood how to do it. And, um, you know, uh, I was out of my parents' house pretty much at that point. I moved out for good for good when I was uh, a sophomore in high school. And I was living in like I was living in different NYU dorms. And um, but I always I always ha found like a I was I, 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 I never slept in the street ever. I always found a good place to rest my head at night. Um, and everybody wanted to be around me because I'm a good, I'm a, I was a good dude, even though I was, you know, into this, uh, I was, a you know, moving weight and doing a lot of drugs and drinking a lot and partying a lot. Um, but when I was, uh, probably it started to get really bad for me when I was 18, 19. Um, and it was less about like, partying and having a good time and more about the kids that I was hanging out with were really bad. We were all, we were bad kids. We were always like either in trouble or about to be in big trouble. And when I was 19, I was living down on the Lower East Side on Ninth Street between Avenue B and C. And I got robbed bad, you know, pistol whip, duct tape tied up thrown into a bathtub they were ransacking my apartment and i was with a friend who was with me who didn't know the level of uh you know how deep in i was until the, there was a dude with a gun in his face you know terrified and that was like the that was kind of like a wake-up call for me being like mm -hmm. dude this is, you know, is this, this is, you know, this isn't who you are. You're not a, you're not, you're not a tough guy like this. Like you, if you had a gun, you wouldn't shoot those dudes. These guys would shoot you. Actually, they would kill you. What are you doing? What are you doing? And that just sent me on a downward spiral, you know, because I wasn't willing to stop. I was already, I was deep into using drugs as well. And for the next three years, I really, you know, it was ugly. That said, I worked in restaurants this whole time. I got a job in a restaurant when I was 12 and I always had a legitimate job in a restaurant. So all this is all happening while you're always working in restaurants. 
Always, always. Okay. And, the, and, and, you know, I fell in love with the restaurant business because I really do believe that one of my superpowers in life is to connect with humans. I love connecting with humans. I had to, 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 to really hone that skill when I was very young because, and I remember so clearly saying to myself, I want all my friends' parents to like me so that I can sleep over at their houses. So I had to be, a, I had to figure out how to like acclimate and be a chameleon no matter where I was, because I truly did want my friend's parents to really like me and want me around. And so I worked on that skill very young, you know, elementary school, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, um, you know, just just going back a little bit. And I'm going to say this because I don't, you know, it, it, it was a really tough thing for, for me for years to talk about. But I think there's a lot of people that have experience with this, and this could potentially be relatable for people. When I was really young, when I was in like second, third, fourth grade, probably whatever, seven, eight, nine, something like that, seven, eight, nine, some. Um, I, I was, I was, I was deep into sports. My parents had just put me in the after-school program because they wanted me. They they just wanted me out of the house and my mom worked until seven o'clock at night and my father was home. He was on permanent disability. He did not work. And so my mom was supporting the family and there was this free after school program that kids would be in from three to six, pretty much. And it was sports. And if it wasn't sports, it was Cub Scouts. And uh, the, the sports coach and the Cub Scout coach was a pedophile. I loved him. I loved him. He was like my dad, you know, the guy, he was like so much fun. I loved hanging out with him. I really did. Like I looked at this dude as my dad because this guy gave me what I thought was the love that a father figure would give me, you know, because I did not get it at home. But he was also molesting me. And I didn't really think anything of it. Like I didn't even honestly, until I was 16 years old, I didn't even really realize that that happened to me. All I knew was, is that like this guy really came to the rescue and took me fishing every weekend and, you know, took me skiing and all these things with, you know, and there was other kids there too that ha that had fucked up homes that he was predicating on, but we all loved it. Um, not the molesting part, <laughs> you know, like, I, like it wasn't, it, you know, I was never raped or anything like that, but like he would like put us in the bathtub and shower us and touch us. And we, I just didn't think, I just, I was just like, Oh, this is like my father giving me a bath, you know, whatever. Um, until later I, you know, put one and two together that this is what this scumbag was doing anyway. Uh, you know, it really, it, it, it affected me in my teen years. Um, when I realized that that had happened, I had a lot of shame around it. I was like, am I gay? Is this something that I wanted? Did I, did I want this, uh, really fucked me up, you know? Um, and so anybody who has experience with, th with that, you know, just know that it's okay. And, uh, it doesn't make you a different person. It, it definitely was not your fault. And uh, a lot of people have experienced it. So just know that it's okay. Um, and it doesn't define you today. You know, it doesn't. The abuse from my father, the abuse from Dan Sayers, uh, it doesn't define me. You know, like you can allow your past to predict your present or future or not. <laughs> you got a choice. You could, you can, or you don't have to, you know, you can be a victim and you can blame your past for how you act today, or you can be who you are today. And your past is, you can write a book about it. 
you know, which is what I'm going to do. Um, Hell yes. but, um, anyway, so, so as I, you know, as I got older, like when I realized that happened to me at 16, I kind of dove deeper into drugs. I was like really scared to talk about it. And I kept it to myself for a long time. And, um, and then, you know, after I got robbed, that robbery thing that happened, I just, I was with the wrong crew. I was doing a lot of bad shit. And, um, and, but, I, but again, I was, I was keeping these restaurant jobs. I, I like, that was like, I lived a double life, you know? Um, I was in the restaurants and I was working and I was, you know, schmoozing the customers and really, really being the, the, the person that I kind of am now. And while I was there, it was like a safe place for me, even though I was drinking and doing drugs there too. Um, but when I was not working is when the other guy came out, you know, um, and I would show up to work, you know, two days, no sleep and still somehow perform, you know? Um, but anyway, it got real bad, got to a point where, and, and there was no fitness, no sports, no self-love, no, none of that from like 12 to, to 23. So I'd overdosed on drugs when I was 23 and I'd sworn that was going to be it. I, I was at that point, I had heroin had become a part of my story and um, I overdosed in this apartment. Somehow, some way I did not die. This, this girl that I was with put me in a, in a cold, put me in a bathtub as I was in and out of consciousness. And she just ran the cold water on me. She was terrified to call the ambulance and, uh, the water, cold water kept me alive, <laughs> you know, cause it just did. And I got very lucky anyway, that wasn't the end. You know, I spent two more weeks. I couldn't stop. I spent two more weeks sort of struggling, trying to figure out how to, how to stop it. I did not want to get high. I did not want to drink anymore. I really didn't. Um, I banged my head against the wall, begging for help. And, you know, I didn't ask anybody for help because I didn't know how to ask for help really uh, at that stage of my life. But I was asking God for help. I was like, help me, please get out of this place. Like, I want to die. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I just I found myself going back to there. So anybody who's listening, struggling with addiction, um, I'm here to promise you, I, I swear to you. I am a living, breathing example that there is a solution and you do not have to struggle anymore. You can. You can surrender that part of your life and totally reign victorious on the rest of your life. You know, like I had to surrender. Um, I had to totally give up everything that I thought I knew to be right. And, uh, and I, and then I, 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 one night or one morning I'd, uh, I'd been up for two days, the end of that two week run. And I passed out in my apartment and everybody thought I was dead because everybody knew how, bad it had gotten. Uh, I woke up 16 hours later and I asked for help. And, um, that was the last time I, I had had the urge to drink and do drugs. And uh, a couple of guys came to the rescue for me, actually, <laughs> they, you know, I said, no one or no thing is going to be able to save your life. And they didn't save my life, but they definitely did hold my hand, you know? And, um, and I wanted it at that, at that point, I was so desperate. I wanted it. I, 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 I was very proactive in like, I knew that it was going to be either I got to make this change or it's over. You know, there was, there was literally like days, you know, of, you know, I'll be essentially being on life support. Um, and it was up to me to either pull the plug or to, uh, to start, you know, changing my life. And so I did. And these two guys, uh, introduced me to Muay Thai kickboxing. They, uh, they took me into a Muay Thai kickboxing academy 
I had no idea anything from Muay Thai kickboxing. I'd never really done martial arts before that. And I just spent the last 12 years completely annihilated in my life. And I had so much shit to un unwind. And I the, the end of my story also was very violent. You know, I was I was fighting all the time. I was like a, I was a I was like a loose cannon. I've been 86 from every single bar south of Houston, north of Delancey, east of Allen and west of Essex in the Lower East Side of New York City. I was not allowed into any bars ever and again because I had gotten into just too much trouble down there. And um, man, these guys gave me a plan. They told me what to eat. They taught me about training um, and I followed it. And they told me that I didn't have to think about it for the rest of my life. They just said, hey, man, like all we give a shit uh, uh, about this process that we're going to give to you is if you can wake up in the morning, take a piss, ask God for help on your fucking knees because you need to do that because you do not know how to ask for help. And if you start your day by asking for help from the universe, maybe you got a chance So ask for help, get humble. Go for a light run. And if that's a block, great. If that's a mile, better. If that's five miles, awesome. And they were just like, start start moving your body first thing in the morning and then have a big, huge bowl of oatmeal. Right when you get home from that run, we just want you to start putting positivity into your body. You've been feeding your body negativity for years. We're just going to start putting some positivity that's easy to access, easy to make, and will fill you up. And so you're going to, you're going to eat your oatmeal and you're going to go to an AA meeting and then you're going to do that for an hour. And then you're going to come right to the gym and we're going to kick your fucking ass. And we're going to teach you about discipline and, um, what it means to get back up. We're going to teach you about facing your fears because we are going to hurt you. Um, for real, like you're going to be in pain here. Um, but you need that. You need to man up and start facing that stuff, um, in a, in a controlled environment under somebody else's, you know, tutelage. And, um, and we're going to take it a day at a time. It's not about a week, a month, a year. It's about right here, right today. It's just like, just commit in the morning, just say, I'm all right, I'm going to do this right now. This is what I'm going to do. And then right when you're done with that, okay, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to do this right now. And, um, and I did, and I committed and I was, and, and I did it for, I'm still doing it. <laughs> These guys taught me about, uh, they taught me that, that, um, if I can stop and, and, and stop trying to be someone else, stop trying to get so much more, if more is the, is the, is the focal point of your, what you think to be happiness, then you're off. Your balance is off. More is not going to make you happy. Um, and so, yeah, man, I dove in. And in 90 days, I was in the best shape of my life. I was completely locked in to training really hard. And they had given me a full meal plan, you know, oatmeal in the morning. I mean, it was pretty basic oatmeal in the morning, chicken and broccoli for lunch, chicken and broccoli for dinner, protein shake. Um, and I did it and it, and it saved me. You know, it saved me and, uh, yeah. And I started building from there, man, you know, and I got, I, I did, did Muay Thai for a long time and, um, ended up having a few fights in Muay Thai and then, um, you know, 
started to feel like I could get back to this like entrepreneurial thing that I really knew I had in me and uh, went back, went to culinary school and I got a degree in culinary arts uh, when I was 25. And then I, and then I followed up with a, with a restaurant management degree. I graduated from that while I was still working at this awesome restaurant in the East village. I was there for eight years. So that, so the, the, actually the owner of that restaurant, Frank Prisanzano was really integral in me getting help. You know, um, he basically said like, I'm not going to watch you die on my dime. You got to go get help. And he really motivated me too. And, uh, and so I, uh, I went back to culinary school, got a degree in, in re restaurant management and, uh, wrote a business plan when I was 27, dragged my best friend from childhood back to New York. He had moved out to California. He, he was an amazing chef and we opened up the meatball shop when I was 28, uh, which is restaurant down in the lower East side, right where I, right, right where I got into all that trouble for many, many years. And, um, you know, I knew that that's where I had to do it. I knew that that was like the neighborhood that I had to give back to and, and plant my flag in as like a guy that is, that, that really had seen some dark days down there. And I really wanted to bring some, some, some light to it for, for, for myself and for, you know, the people in that area. And, uh, it was a, a massive success. You know, it was crazy. I had no idea what I was doing. Daniel had no idea what he was doing, but we opened up the doors and, you know, people were waiting four hours for bowls of meatballs, man. It was crazy. Uh, we were cooking meatballs on Jay Leno and Jimmy Fallon and Chelsea Handler and good morning America and the today show. And like all this shit happened, like, like out of nowhere, you know? Um, and, you know, we had a TV show and it was just nuts, man. We opened up five more of those restaurants. We opened up six restaurants and then I opened up another restaurant concept. I sold some equity at Meatball Shop after about four years, four and a half years of running it with Dan. And I launched a sustainable seafood restaurant called Seymour's. I, I really wanted to see if I had what it took to, to do it two times. Um, and um, I really love business. I love creating cultures, creating brands, connecting with human beings designing things. I love design. Uh, I learned so much about myself at Meatball Shop. I learned what I'm really good at and what I suck at. Um, and so I felt like I had a blueprint for opening more businesses. And so I opened up Seymour's in 2015. Uh, and that one crushed, you know, we, uh, same exact thing happened. We were New York City's number one restaurant, New York Magazine, for six months um, in a row. Every single month, we were rated number one. It was crazy. Um, I, I ended up taking on a partner there who was ultimately now the CEO of that company, scaling that business. I knew that that was going to be the case. So I was a CEO. Jay was a mentor of mine running a massive restaurant group, and he fell in love with the brand of Seymour's. And um, I wanted to take a break from partners because uh, it was kind of tough with Dan and I towards the end. Um, so I did. So I took a year of creating Seymour's solo. And uh, and then I said, you know, this guy really knows how to scale restaurants. Like he's older than me. He's got way more experience than me. And I'm happy to give him the responsibility of CEO. I'll take the presidency. We'll grow the thing together. Uh, and then I'll sell him some equity and go create another business, which is what I love to do. And so that's what we did, man. We opened up five more Seymour's, uh, over the course of the next four years. And so I, you know, I had opened up, uh, 13 restaurants with, we did a pop-up in the Hamptons, 
Um, but I'd opened up 13 restaurants in my career as a restaurateur. And who knows if I go back to uh, the world of restaurants, almost all of those restaurants still exist. The meatball shop lost a few in uh, the pandemic, unfortunately. But uh, before the pandemic, they were all super successful and um, still, you know, brands are thriving. And um, and then in 2019, Jay bought a bunch of my equity at Seymour's and I knew that the next thing I was going to do was going to be uh, directly aligned with my passion for wellness. You know, like you just heard my story and I know that I'm going on here, but, you know, wellness saved my life. I, I can say that wholeheartedly. Wellness and my commitment to fitness and nutrition saved my life and continues to save my life on a daily basis. If anybody is struggling and they come to me and ask me for help, I ask them how often they work out, you know, and, and, uh, and, and then if they're like, well, I work out, you know, or I don't work out and I'm like, okay, well, let's take, let's take step one. You should go for a walk, go for a walk and call me when you're done, you know, and then that walk will turn into a jog and then that jog will turn into a jog to the gym and then that jog to the gym will turn to a few days in the gym. And then before they know it, they're into fitness, you know? And then once they're into fitness, we can start working on nutrition. And those two things, man, it's the foundation of happiness in life. And I know that is true. And, you know, and I think that's why we're seeing this surge in fitness right now, even though nobody's really saying it's the key to success. It just is. It is the key to success when you can get right with yourself, you know? And so anyway, I knew I wanted to do something that aligned way more with that. And, um, I was initially going to open up creatures of habit, which is now the business that I currently run as the CEO. I was going to originally open it up as a restaurant. I wanted to oh, do really, like, yeah, I wanted to do like a really dope wellness restaurant in New York city because, there are healthy restaurants in New York, but nothing with a vibe, you know, like not, there's no healthy restaurants that you're going to want to go with your girl or, you know, your, your significant yeah, other. Let's go, let's go date night to this. Spot. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, they look like healthy restaurants. They smell like healthy restaurants, you know, like you're in and out, like you're getting food to go or you go like solo, you know, it's not like this like experience. And so I wanted to create a restaurant. I'm also a chef. Like I know how to make, really delicious, super healthy food, right? Like most restaurants and most chefs are like, I'm going to make really delicious food, <laughs> but, but you know, it's, yeah, right. Like, you know, the way you make a steak, like overwhelmingly delicious is you put a tablespoon of butter on it. Easy. You know what I mean? Like that's the easy, that is easy. You take a steak, a perfectly good New York strip steak that is super healthy, by the way, like as far as I'm concerned, New York strip steak, a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of pink salt, you put it on a pan. That's all you need. And that's a healthy meal with some, some veg, maybe some sweet potatoes, like really delicious roasted sweet potatoes to make it like what one would call insanely delicious all you have to do is take like a tablespoon of like truffle butter and just drop <laughs> it on top of the steak and there you go you just added another 300 calories to it and you know whatever you know 25 grams of fat and you're now 
you know, that steak went from like super healthy and delicious to like, oh shit, that was bomb. Um, and so I wanted to create the super healthy, delicious restaurants and uh, I found an amazing location. It was all lined up. I had all the investors and then March, 2020 hit and the pandemic totally derailed that whole plan. Um, and I had to rethink everything, you know, I had to pivot big time because nobody, nobody was including myself. I was, I had, I was investing a quarter million bucks into it and I wasn't going to do that. And I wasn't going to take anybody else's money to open up a restaurant in March of 2020. And so I had to think about what was next. And I took a three month break. I said, all right, let me, my whole entire career that I've built over the last 12 years is now come to a screeching halt. Who knows if the restaurants, you know, uh, that I've already opened are going to survive. You know, I still own the percentage of both of those businesses. I still do. And so I, I connected with those guys and said, how can I help? What can we do? Like, you know, we had to work out a bunch of shit with landlords and all that stuff. And, but I really just took a pause and I said, you know, let me just take a pause. Let me not try to react to this. Let me try to respond to what the world is throwing at us and breathe through this. And so my family and I moved to our weekend home upstate in upstate New York. Uh, we're still in upstate New York. We have not gone back to the city. <laughs> um, and I, I, I hired an executive coach. That's a good plug for coaching. I think anybody who really is sort of feeling like a little bit strayed in their in their life business, business life, you know, bringing on an executive coach for a couple of months could really help guide you. And so that's what I did. I worked with this coach. She really made it clear to me that I'm a creative entrepreneur and restaurants were just a, a, a canvas for me. I don't need restaurants to be successful. I can do other things in other industries. Uh, and so I said, I'm going to open up Creatures of Habit, the CPG company, the consumer packaged goods company. I'm going to be able to package things that I believe will help people um, stick to habits because I believe our habits are everything. Our habits are also known as our decisions. The choices that we make consistently on a daily basis are our habits. Um, and we all have them, good or bad, you know. And so I said, I want to, I want to get into people's lives in a habit way. And I was on this run upstate, those guys, 18 years ago, Marcus and Gavin, who told me to eat that oatmeal. I've been eating the oatmeal every single day. I have not strayed from the freaking plan. <laughs> I eat oatmeal every morning and I eat chicken and broccoli for lunch every day. My dinner does change, but I've stuck to this plan for a very long time. Um, and so I was on this run and I was like, holy shit, that's it. That's it this is the most authentic thing to me. I've been eating this every single morning for years. I can package this. My oatmeal consists of gluten-free oats. I cook them in hot water for about 10 minutes. I pull them off the, off the, 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 the range. I let it cool for a minute. I dump in 30 grams of plant-based protein. I stir it really well. I add chia seeds, flax seeds, pumpkin seeds, a little pink Himalayan salt, and I let it sit for about five minutes um, and it covered. And so it all kind of steams up together. So it takes, it took me about 20 minutes every morning to make this. Um, but I would make it, I was passionate about it. So delicious, loved it, put it into a bowl on the side of that was my vitamin D three, my omega three fatty acids, my probiotic and my digestive enzymes. And that's what I had every morning, every single morning, either pre-workout or post-workout. That was my first meal of the day, every day filled me up. I love the taste of it. And I had all the vitamins and minerals and essentials that I needed to kick off my day. And so I said, man, if I could put that shit into a package 
not only can I sell like the most like essential meal with the perfect macros with a story behind it, right? Like my story is like the, 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 the product is called meal one, but it's so much more than meal one to me. To someone who's consuming it that doesn't know me or my story, it's just like a delicious, super convenient, perfect way to start your day. But once you hear the story, it's just way more than oatmeal, you know? And so uh, I said, man, this could give me an opportunity to do what I love to do, which is be of service, be able to tell my story, be able to tell people that they can change no matter what, doesn't matter how far gone you've got, you never know. It can just be one thing, one catalyst, one commitment, one habit starts with one, you know, it starts with one always. And if you try, you know, I don't know when this podcast is going to drop, but like we're heading into the new year. Right. And so, you know, everybody's got new year's resolutions and by all means, you know, go for it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not these guys that says, Oh, new year's resolutions is all bullshit. I'm like, no, no, no. Like anything that's going to help you make better decisions, fucking go all in. That said, one thing I will say, if your new year's resolution is to quit smoking, quit drinking, lose 50 pounds, go to the gym every day, sleep eight hours a night, drink a gallon of water a day. If that's the plan, slow down, mm -hmm. like slow, slow it down because I promise you that's not a successful plan. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't work that way. There is a very successful way to succeed in a new year's resolution. And if it's about losing weight or changing your diet, start with one meal. Don't, don't say, okay, tomorrow, um, um, you know, no more, none. Of, I'm only eating kale and cucumbers, you know, <laughs> like it's just, it's just not gonna work. Start with one meal, commit to one meal a day, pick one meal. Now I obviously would love you to choose it, make it meal one because man, it's my business, but it doesn't have to be. If you can commit to changing one of your meals consistently for a full month, that means whether it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner, you are going to make sure that meal is healthy. And you can do it for a full month every day. I promise you, your nutrition will change. You will change. But that's the way to do it. One fucking meal for a month. And then you're going to add another meal. And now you're eating two meals a day that are healthy. So you're eating more healthy food than unhealthy food. And it's just going to domino into like, oh, shit, I could do this. This is I could do this, you know. And um, anyway, so we launched. So I, so I came up with this crazy idea. I spent a year working on the formula. I pitched it to my buddy Gary Vaynerchuk. And I said, hey, man, I'm going to open up this oatmeal and apparel business because I really wanted to create a cool line of apparel to go with the brand, to make it more of a lifestyle brand because I love fashion and style. I mean, it's just like being a New York City guy. I've always had my eyes on that stuff since I was a little kid. And he said, this is Kiff meets Quaker. Let's fucking go. And he uh, <laughs> he wrote the first check. We raised money. I put in a bunch of cash and uh, we launched it in August of 2021. We're a little over, you know, we're about 15, 16 months in now. Feels like 15, 16 years, but it's really it's just over a year old uh, in regards to what, how long we've been in the marketplace. Companies doing really well. Um, I'm telling my story just like I'm here with you telling the story. This is exactly my plan, like being able to, you, you know, use a, a business as a platform to be able to help as many people as possible, whether they opt into the business or not. It, it has like you and I 
you and I are connecting over creatures of habit, right? I mean, that's the truth. And so that was my plan. I'm like, man, if I can use this brand to really, really catapult my life towards being of service to others, because that's what I want to do ultimately. Like, I really want to have a business. Of course, man, like I'm going to have to make money with it, right? Like, I'm not one of these guys. It's like, yeah, I'm going to sleep on the street as long as I'm helping people. <laughs> but, like, you know, I want to, I want to be able to do this is at scale and, 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 and create products and things that people are really going to be able to rely on to help them be better. You know, you know, so, you know, what's crazy. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it, it's like, I'm a fan obviously of the oatmeal because it's tastes delicious and all the stuff that you said that makes sense, but I didn't know the story in, in depth like that. And it's like, I'm like, 10 times more bought into it. You know, you see what I'm saying? Because, no, seriously, be, you know, because there's, you know, what you're talking about is keystone habits. And like you did things that were like one thing at a time, but they became keystones to get momentum rolling to the next thing. And I mean, obviously it's like, I'm, we're, we're both probably biased because this is the vehicle that I help, you know, things through. It's like, it, it, interestingly enough, so many things that you said are in line with mine. Cause I was a knucklehead in my team years. I was an organized crime. Basketball saved my life. Made was the reason I moved to the U.S. And that was my keystone. It was lifting weights, it was being in the gym, and ball, right? And then you talk about like it starts with meal one. I mean, seriously, it's it, you know I think that's such a powerful thing, and I'm I'm so glad that you shared the story because I mean it was like lesson upon lesson upon lesson there. That and and what I said from the beginning, like you're just telling the story of what it was and what it is. But that's inspirational. And, you know, so, I, man, I appreciate you for that because there's so there's so many, so many different things to learn from there. And um, again, I, I listen, I chow on it every day, uh, which, by the way, Mike talked about because um, that's how I started. I was always doing the hot oatmeal and, and you're like, no, 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 no. You got to do the overnight oats. And so I've been doing the overnight oats and like. Game oh, changer. Man. Oh man, my God, it's dessert. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. Um, be careful. No, but I mean, seriously, it's, it's so good. Um, it, you know, what, some of the things that, cause there's, there's a lot of questions, uh, that I have, but some of the stuff that I really, really wanted to, to, to ask you and, and think almost, you know, if you could unpack maybe now, you know, looking backwards, you can connect the dots and go, what are the things? And I'm sure the things that helped you, you know, get, very fit and be successful with and changing your life from a physical and health perspective, you know, that also led into helping you become successful in the business side of things. Cause that's, you know, when you can build multiple restaurants, make them successful, you know, build a brand in, I guess, when nutrition and supplementation and make it successful. What do you feel are the things that somebody can take away and go, here's the, you know, the things that if anybody does, is going to help you be successful on a business side of things. I think it's a bunch of it's a bunch of things. Uh, if I had to really think about what is the one thing that has consistently been a common th or the few things that have consistently been a common thread in my career so far, one is just unwavering optimism, mm -hmm. unwavering optimism and positivity. Like some people would argue me on this one, but like, I don't consider failing things can be really bad and really scary and they have been many times and i think what the you know the difference between me or other sort of successful entrepreneurs in the world of business have is even when it gets really bad and really scary 
impossible is not a word in the vocabulary. There's just no giving up. There's no, it is, I'm, I am always, I am always on my toes moving forward. Doesn't matter how big the opponent is across the fucking ring from me. I am always holding my fucking position and I am asking for as much help as possible along the way. And what, what that means is, you know, I, I do my best to surround myself with really, really great people. You don't have to be the best at your job, but if you are a great person and you want to win and you're going to learn on the job and you're going to do whatever it takes to work with me to help this company thrive, like, and I'm going to treat you like a diamond. My team is everything so much more important than the customers. And I'm saying that straight up. Why? Because if I treat my team like fucking forget gold, like diamonds, right? Like, you know, you just bought your wife, uh, your fiance, uh, 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 an engagement ring. You, you do not want to lose that ring. Like you do not want to lose that ring. That ring is you just spent a lot of money on it and you're about to change your life when you pass that ring off to someone else. You do not want to lose that ring. That's what I, that's how I like to think about treating my, my team. I do not want to lose them. I treat them like diamonds and a byproduct of treating them like diamonds is the customers always reap the benefits of that. They always feel that positivity. They always feel that fire from the team. You know, specifically in the restaurant business, of course, because customer, you know, guest walks in the restaurant, like if the team is not happy, like the customers or the guests are just kind of like, what the fuck is going on here? No one's even addressing me. No one's smiling. No, you know, like I'm out of here. Um, but it's the same in the, in, in, in the, in the direct to consumer space too, right? Like we have to communicate with, with, with creatures, customers constantly, you know, the content that we put out, the team that's putting that's putting out the content, every decision is going to be determined on how happy people are and how supported they feel. Right. And I'm no, I'm not perfect. I, I, there's a lot of times where my team is like, yo, dude, you got to step it up, man. And I'm like, all right, sorry. Uh, but you know, I surround myself with really, really great people and I treat them like diamonds. And, um, and I, and I, and I think that, you know, you gotta be comfortable taking risk. I'm like a risk taker. I always have been. You know, when I was a drug addict, I was doing more than everyone. You know, when I was a fighter, I, you know, I, I was I would get in the ring with whoever and just let them beat me down because I really did want to get better and learn. You know, when I was a long distance runner, I said, fuck it, I'll go for I'm going to run, you know, as long as I can <laughs> until my legs fall off. You know, I'm going to run from Brooklyn to Manhattan up to the Central Park, around the park twice, back down to the Battery Park City, around the bottom of Manhattan, over the, you know, I was just like, fuck it, man, I'm in, you know, and, 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 um, and I do the same with my family, you know, I, I, the thing that I didn't mention that I think is so important to mention is that the healthiest relationship I've ever had in my entire life is with my wife, who I've been with for 18 years. I met her six months after I got sober. She's my ace condom, man. She is my fucking... She is my, my foxhole bestie and I love her more than anything. I get emotional thinking about how much I love my wife and we've, we, she's been by my side six months since, since, since I made the big change, you know, 
and she supported me and she is the best mother in the world. And we have these two amazing sons together. And, um, like I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not rolling in billions of dollars. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not like driving Lamborghinis, but I've done okay. And I can honestly say I'm fucking happy. And I know that it has all to do with the commitment I make to myself on a daily basis. I put myself first before my wife, before my kids, before my business. And that doesn't mean I sacrifice time with them because I don't, but that does mean I wake up at 445 in the morning to give myself a solid hour and a half to two hours of alone time to really, really get right before I show up in the world so that I can be the best dad, husband, business owner, athlete, you know, you can do it all, man. Anybody listening to this shit, anybody listening, you can do anything you want to do. I, I'm not trying to sound like fucking, you know, Ronald Reagan or whatever, but I'm telling <laughs> you, man, like, the truth is, is that, you know, if, if, if somebody, if I told you, Luca, I'm 42, you know, I really, I just want to be, a, I want to be a surgeon, man. I don't know why I just feel like, I feel like I just want to be a surgeon. If I play that out, right. Some people would laugh, right. Oh, you want to be a brain surgeon? No. Yeah. Like I do. So fuck it. I go back to school. I put four years in undergrad. I'm 46. I go to grad school put four years in or, or, or med school. I put six years in med school. I'm 46. I can post me at 52. I do two years in uh residency, 54. I open up my practice at 55 and I'm doing surgery at 56. And I got 10 years of brain surgery, you know, take, take me whatever, 10 years, 11 years to get there. But I, but yeah, man, fuck it. We can do it. You know, like I can't be an astronaut. Most likely I'm not going to play for the NFL, the NBA or the MLB. You know what I mean? Um, maybe I could play rugby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, I'm, but, I'm making calls right now. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, I and, and I know it sounds kind of crazy, you know, but 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 it's true. You can do whatever you want to do. You really can. And and it and um, discipline equals freedom. If you can be disciplined, you can do whatever you want to do. It's the best quote in history. I think it's a Jocko Willing quote. Um, I know I got it from Jocko Willing. I don't know where if he made it or, or he got it from somewhere else, but I could just tell you that discipline equals freedom in every aspect of life. Most people correlate discipline to pain, suffering, rigidity, robotic, military, angry fathers, you know, angry Catholic school teachers and yes to all that. <laughs> but there's this really amazing side to discipline that is way more positive than you could ever imagine. And it is what moves me as a human being and as an entrepreneur. So I guess the the the, the short answer to the question you just asked me about what is it? Self-discipline. That's it. And would you say, would you say, because like my, my question was going to be like, man, you do a lot of stuff and you, I'm meaning you have a family, you have businesses, you stay in tip top shape 100%. Right. But it's like for, for a person, it's like, man, but I don't have discipline. 
how do you build discipline? I think kind of we both know the answer, but I definitely want to hear it from you because it can be like, yeah, man, like you're able to be disciplined and do all these things and you got all these things going on and you can have everything. But I definitely want to finish on, on a note of like, for you, what is, if, if somebody came to you that you're mentoring, it's like, yeah, Mike, but how, how do I build that discipline? My answer is going to be, it's not easy, man. There's no pill you can take. There's no uh, flip, you know, switch you can flip. That is the hard, the hard, the hard answer, the hard and true answer. It starts with doing one thing at a time. Commit to just one thing. And a lot of the time, what I tell people, the easiest thing to start with is waking up before the sun. Because what waking up before the sun forces you to have to do is to go to bed earlier. And that's, that's harder than waking up early, going to bed early. So if you, if you commit to waking up early, you kill two birds with one stone. And now you've just got two things that really will set the tone for a life in discipline. And, uh, and the reason why I'm so passionate about rising before the sun, I mean, we created a whole line of apparel around it, um, is because the things that I do in my day-to-day life that are habitual, that are self-serving, I don't want to impede on my family time or my business time. I want to get them done. I need to, to, in order to be the person I am, the things that I do, and I think we should quick, like, after I answer this, we should just walk through what that is so people kind of get an understanding of what it is that I do every day. But I wake up at 4.45 in the morning so that I can have all the time I really need to be selfish because I'm selfish and most people are. And when you're considered selfish from other people's perspective, it's when you're doing self-serving actions that are interfering with other people's lives, preventing you from being a participant in other people's lives because all you're doing is things that serve you. However, you can still be selfish in a very positive way because it's only going to make you a better person. You can still be selfish, but you just don't have to sacrifice time with other people. And like, I would not, if I was trained, if I was coaching somebody and they said, Hey, like, you know, I want to do all the, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I want to do this and I want to do that, you know? And I'd be like, okay, well, what else is going on in your life? Well, I'm a mom and uh, I'm a dad or I, you know, I got this job and I'm like, oh, so when are you planning on doing these things? Well, you know, I can kind of like get a babysitter and and have my kids, you know, watched or, but, you know, and I'd be like, well, wh- what time do your kids wake up? Oh, they wake up at like 6.30. What time do you wake up? Oh, I wake up at like 6.15. Oh, you wake up at 6.15. Mm-hmm. So like you could wake up at five and do all the things that you want to do between five and six, 15, and just be the person you want. You really, when you close your eyes and you're like, this is the person I want to be. I want to be in shape. I want to eat healthy. I want to be happy. I want to be successful. I want to do it, but you're not willing to wake up an hour earlier than, than you currently wake up. Let's start with that fucking shit. 
and then we build, you know, and that's, and that's what I think. Um, that's what I would tell anybody listening for like, how do I get disciplined? Start waking up before the sun and you get lucky, man. In the wintertime, the sun doesn't come up until 6 a.m., 6.30. In the summertime, that shit comes up at 5.15. So, you know, you change the game a little bit. But but regardless, man, I, I think that that is really, that's why in the military, you're up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Because they know that is where it starts. It starts the second you wake up in the morning. That is what discipline is. Every day is our life. Life is not yesterday. Life is not tomorrow. You get to live one day, one hour, one fucking minute. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. And what happened yesterday? Long gone, man. Nothing you can do or anybody else in existence had ever been able to go back and change the shit. So like life is a day, right? And so how you start that life every day, every morning is ultimately going to paint a good picture of what your life looks like. Just the truth. So if you want to get disciplined, set your alarm for five o'clock in the morning. Man, that's powerful. Hey, you know what's we know what's interesting about this too. Like I've always been more of a night owl, but that that time has started moving forward. Is that what are the last couple of hours of two three hours of your night consist of? And usually, it's not things that build your life in a better way. They're usually things that maybe don't. Whether it's too much TV, whether it's you know snacking this that the other, man. Cut some of that out. Go to sleep earlier. No, I get a early. lot of shit too because I I do I do talk a lot about waking up early, and I get a lot of people. You know, like I did. You know, there was like a post that I did that, like, you know, got got hundreds of thousands of views, and people were beating me up. Oh man, fuck you! You're one of these early morning guys. Like, what if you're pro- more productive at night? I'm like, yo, listen, I am sharing what has worked for me. I'm not telling you that this is the way to do it. I'm telling you, do you. But if you follow along on my journey, I'm going to tell you what I have done to be successful. You know, I I have tons of friends that are like, fuck your fucking 5 a.m. shit. Like, I'm not <laughs> doing that. I'm not. Like, I go to bed at one o'clock in the morning. I work late or I get, I'm more productive when my when my friends or family go to bed at 10 o'clock and I've got from 10 to two to write and to, to, to do my art, to, to, to deep, you know, get into my emails, whatever. Great. Awesome. If that's how, if that's what works for you, for me, I just know that anything that I'm doing after nine 30 at night tends to be not productive for me, you know, like, I get all my shit done. All the productive shit in my life really, really happens before 9 a.m. And then I turn the control of my life over to other people because I cannot control what happens after nine o'clock in the morning. When I when I sit down at my desk to work, it's out of my control, man. I got 10 people on my team, you know. There's, there's people that, you know, like there's all sorts of shit coming at me like this, you know, like I can't control that. I don't want to control that. I want to put myself in the best possible position to make the greatest decisions I can in situations where I don't have control, you know? And like when I take care of my morning routine, which is serious, I am in the, I am, I am, Teflon Don, dude. I am like <laughs> bulletproof. I, I, 
the bad shit can go down and I can just sit here and just be like, how am I going to deal with this? Let me go ask for some help. Let me not try to take care of this on my own. Let me, let me not try to be the, 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 the boss. Let me be the, let me, let me bring everybody in, in on this. Let me not carry all this weight around on my back. Whereas if I was stressed out and chaotic and, you know, didn't do anything good for myself in the morning and, you know, had all this pent up energy because I'm not, I haven't worked out or whatever. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to fucking go and I'm going to, you know? <laughs> so that's my thought on that. Man, I mean, but that's the thing. Know thyself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and you do, and you start off with power. I love that shit. Hey, I'm, I'm, even for me, like, I'm I'm actually intrigued too, like, what your day is like. Cause I'm always, everybody's day is different, but, but seeing the behind the scenes of how somebody operates, I think it can definitely teach lessons. Um, and I obviously like morning for you, but like, man, you, you run me, run me through a day. Cause I would love to hear that. Yeah. So I, um, so I just, I also want to say like, that there's a lot of stuff here that I do every single morning, uh, that I don't recommend for 95% of the people in the world. Right. Like a, a like, check with your doctor before you do any of this shit. B, don't take what I'm telling you that's worked really successful for me and try to implement it all into your morning because it's going to be hard and maybe not work for you. So I'm just going to walk you through what I've done that has taken me years, years of consistency and committing to what I have found to work out really well for me. And it's ever changing, you know? Um, so I'll tell you what it looks like right now. Step by step, I wake up at 4.45, pretty much on the dot, without an alarm. I go to bed at 9.30 at night. I wake up at 4.45. Sometimes it, it's, it, it you know touches 5 a.m., but most of the time it's between 4.45 and 5. The first thing I do every single morning is I smile from ear to ear, shit-eating grin. I pull back my eye mask. I look up at the ceiling. I smile like this, and I hold it. Big fucking grin on my face. For 15 seconds, I say I'm grateful for my wife my dog, my kids, my house, my business, my happiness, my fitness, my health. I walk through a long list of gratitude and I'm smiling big and I'm I'm, fight, I'm fighting back any of that like potential anxiety, stress that can come right in right away, you know, and I really just battle that shit away immediately by the by the 15 second or so I'm feeling positive. I've got this like warm, comforting, like ready to take on the fucking world mindset. I, I get up with intention, throw my feet down on the ground and um, I sneak out of my bedroom because my wife is definitely still asleep. She doesn't she doesn't subscribe to the 4.45 a.m. club. Um, and uh, and and now I, I don't even get access to our, our master bathroom that's connected to our bedroom anymore because I wake her up when I do my shit in there. So now I, I've set up my shit in the downstairs bathroom. So I go downstairs um, and uh, I go into the bathroom. I take a piss. I brush my teeth. I floss my teeth. And then I have a skincare um, protocol that I do that I love. You know, I started doing this probably about a year ago where I never really took care of my skin. I never washed my face. I was like, you know, whatever, like soap in the shower, bar soap in the shower. And and uh, and I started saying, man, you know, like I should start actually doing something nice, like in the in the realm of, of skincare. So I've got this like four step skincare thing that I love doing in the morning. It's like I wash my face with face soap and then I've got this serum and I got this this moisturizer and then I got this eye shit. 
makes me feel so good, man. I give myself like a good three, four minutes to do it. It just feels good. It smells good. And it's just like a self-love boom. Like I got the time. I'm taking care of business with that. Really trying to keep my, 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 my health, my healthy skin on my face as I age. Um, and then uh, for years, I would always step on the scale, um, you know, because I was competing. I don't do that anymore. I, maybe I weigh myself once a month, you know, um, but uh, that was a big part of my my morning routine, just making sure I was like, mm, you're in, you know, like when I was competing, I was either I'm looking to be heavier or not. And then um, and then I go uh, right down on the ground and I, I, I have a prayer practice that I do every single morning. I pray. Um, I am like a universal energy guy. Like, I, you know, I, I, I believe that there is a power out there that is really helping guide me. And, um, you know, I, I struggled for many years asking for help. And so it was taught to me early on in my journey of sobriety and recovery that like, dude, you got to ask the universe or God or whatever you want to call it for help every morning. Uh, and it'll help you ask for help from other people throughout the rest of your day. because You're going to have to get used to asking for help. And so if you start your day in a, in a humble way, asking for help, it could be really good for, for asking for help in other ways. And so I do that every morning and I pray for a lot of people that I care about. And I also pray for people that I struggle with. Um, you know, I pray for, um, I pay for people that I'm, I'm battling with, uh, you know, and that could be family members or whatever, anybody that I have a resentment towards, you know, like praying for them, saying their name in a positive way for me has really helped unwind or unravel some of these deep rooted resentments that I've developed over the years. I'm human, you know, anyway, so I do my prayers and then I go right into 50 pushups and I do 50 pushups every single morning. Um, and, uh, right after I do those 50 pushups, I, have a little stretch practice. I go into a down dog then I go into an up dog and then I go into cat cows. And I do that for like three or four rounds just to like get my body, you know, moving a little bit. Um, and then, uh, after I do that, I walk out into the kitchen. I drink uh, 22 ounces of water with a uh, juice of a half a lemon and some pink Himalayan salt. I just shake it up. I drink it down pretty quick. Uh, and then I go to, into my, uh, into the guest bedroom where I've got my red light therapy panel. And I'll, and I'll sit in front of the red light, uh, either in the front or, or on my back. I, I switch every other day front and back and I do red light therapy for 10 minutes. Um, and then, um, after I do my red light therapy, I, I, I walk out and into the, uh, into the garage where my sauna, my, my infrared sauna is, uh, is set up at like 178 degrees. And I go sit in there and I meditate in there. I sit in there for about 30 minutes. I meditate for 10 to 15 minutes. And then I read. And that's where I get my daily reading done. Um, I read for about 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, and then I do this, like I hang over my legs. I do this like forward fold over my legs for, I try to hold it for three minutes straight just to open up my hamstrings, my lower back. Um, Cause I have really tight hamstrings. And so I've, I've been started, I've started doing this about a year ago too, where I've really just try to hang and, and create length on, on that posterior on my body. Uh, and then right after I hang, I, um, I go into the cold plunge and I've got the cold plunge at like 39 degrees. Uh, it's ready for, for me at all times. I go in there and I sit in there from, for any, depending on how I feel anywhere from three to five, six minutes. Uh, and then when I get out of the cold plunge, I've got a mirror in my garage and I'm on, I'm on cloud nine at this point. I've done, I've done so much awesome shit already, you know, back to back to back to back to back. Like it's just not stop. And then I walk in front of the mirror and that's when I check in and I look at myself in the eyes and I say my, my affirmations and I, 
I, I tell myself that I'm awesome. I tell myself that I've got support. I tell myself that I'm powerful and strong. I, I am right where I need to be. Um, I am going to win today. All the things that I've been focusing on are going to come to fruition, whether it's today, tomorrow, or whenever they're going to have, you know, I really, really talk myself into um, positive mindset. One thing I'll say about that um, before I get on to the next thing, you know, it's so easy for us to say we suck. It's like rolls off the tongue. You, there's no way you're going to get this done, man. It's impossible. Like there, oh, that person is so much better than me. That person is so much stronger than me, man. I suck. Yeah, like I'm not tall enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not sharp enough. I'm not rich enough. I don't have enough. It just so easily just flows off the tongue, man. It's crazy. Saying I'm awesome. I am the fucking best. I will win. There's no doubt. I, I, there, is, there is nothing that can stand in my way. I am the fucking best. Like those are the hardest conversations. Those don't flow off the tongue. Those are so difficult to have uh, with yourself if you don't force it. So I force it. And it's not like I'm, I'm not like, oh yeah, you know, you're the best man. Like, it's like, no dude, like I'm trying to pump myself up. I'm trying to like give myself as much of that positive energy so that when I walk into the world, I'm like, I've got, I've got fire, you know, I'm like, yes, I got this shit and whatever happens happens, but at least I'm preparing myself, you know, like, I'm like saying, Hey man, like give yourself the best possible chance. Tell yourself you've got this, you know, do it in a mirror, looking at yourself in the eye. And so anyway, so I do that. And then, uh, it's about six Oh five or so. Um, and, uh, I walk out into the kitchen and uh, that is when my family starts waking up. Um, so I start making my coffee. I light a candle at the kitchen table. Uh, I'll bring out my journal, which is this guy right here. I love journaling. I'm a big believer in journals. Preaches a Habit just actually launched a sick journal called the Habit Stacking Journal. Um, I bring out my journal and I start journaling. And that's when my kids come out. And that's like the best part of my day. My, young, my older son, Finn, typically comes out first curls up into my legs. I close my journal and boom, that's when it turns off. And that's when I'm focused on my family for the next hour. All I give a shit about is my family. You know, I've got my coffee. I've got my athletic greens. I got my kids, my wife. We're fucking playing Christmas music. We're lo I'm loving every minute of it, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm in heaven. You know, I'm in heaven. It's like my favorite part of the day. I've just gone, I've just done an hour and a half of like, fully self-indulging, like super positive stuff, but just like totally focused on myself. No one can interrupt me. It's all things that make me better. And now I can be the best dad, the best husband, present focused in it. No phone, no fucking nothing, just there with my fam. And uh, and so I do that for about an hour from like 6.30 to 7.30, which point we start getting the kids ready. Either my wife will take them to school or we go on, you know, switch on and off every other day or I'll take them to school. And uh, if she takes them to school, then I dip to the gym and I get my workout in. Um, these days, I'm actually eating meal one uh, pre-workout. So I, I, I'll eat, you know, about an hour to an hour and a half. I'll eat my meal one before I train CrossFit because CrossFit is totally different than, than, uh, than, than bodybuilding, which I used to train fasted every single day. Um, 
but if I, but if I don't, if I'm not, you know, if I'm not, if, if I don't eat pre-workout for whatever reason, I always, you know, I'll go, I'll go work out and then I have my meal one. And, uh, and then I get to my office and I sit down and I start, uh, and then, and that's when I turn my life over to, to, uh, creatures of habit and my team. And, uh, I try to be the best, uh, the best business owner and employer I can, you know, and, and partner and all those things. But yeah, dude, that's my morning. That's my morning pretty much. No, nah, man, that's powerful. Yo, that's powerful. I mean, like, look, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, like you said, people do it differently, but I think it's very you know, even as you're saying some stuff, I'm like, mm, got to dial this shit in, got to dial this shit in. And it might be a different, different schedule time-wise, but just the structure and the philosophy of why you do the things the way that you do. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's powerful, man. I, I could I put it this way. One, I could riff with you, but like, it's been a, it's been for me so like incredible just listening to you. Cause there's a lot of things that I didn't know. They got me fired up. You know what I mean? So like, you, I mean, you best believe I'm, I'm, Booking that ticket for New York sometime in February, <laughs> hang out, clang a bag, eat food. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and have a good time, man. But look, number one, I, I want to make sure that people follow you. Um, and if anybody's listened to this, I mean, now you know why the hell to follow Michael, you know what I mean? Um, but also uh, check out everything. Well, number one, what, what can it, apart from the podcast, you got the podcast, social media, what's the best place uh, for people to follow you and find out more? Yeah. I mean, the best place for people to follow me is definitely on, on my Instagram at Michael Chernow. Um, you know, I post a lot of, uh, I I've kind of, I've kind of transitioned the majority of my content to, whereas it used to be a lot of business and fitness stuff. Now it's really just me talking about my life and experience and trying to help as many people as possible through the, through the shit that I've gone through and, sharing my, sharing my, uh, my experience with life. You know, there's still other stuff in there. There's some, there's some cooking stuff in there and some fitness stuff in there. But for the most part, it's really just like this, where I'm just literally talking to other people in podcasts or, you know, some sort of, you know, somebody's interviewing me or I'm just creating content, um, just sharing my experience, you know? And so at Michael Turnout is the best place to, to follow along on my journey and, um, check out creatures of habit, creatures of habit with a case. Um, and uh, creaturesofhabit.com. That's our website. Creatures of Habit on Instagram. You know, every, every, pretty much all social media platforms. I'm at Michael Turnow. All social media platforms. Awesome, man. I mean, look. First of all, I, w- I want to just say to everybody, um, you know, with with the show, and you guys know that we don't really do a lot of advertising. Um, so the number one thing is like, man, if you enjoyed this, share the hell out of it. Um, if you if this was inspiring to you, you best believe it's going to be inspiring to a whole lot of people. Um, I mean, shit, I'm fired up right now to go to go do more than what I was, what I was going to do today after this conversation. Well, I um, think for your for your audience, I think it would only make sense that we do a uh, a vigor 15, 15 percent discount for all um, of your audience. Hell yeah. But a boom, but a bing. So we'll uh, we'll do um, in the show notes, not only the show notes when I drop this on Instagram. And you know what? The timing of this is legitimately I think it'll come out the the last week before the new year. Uh, so, it's, so it's perfect timing. So if you go into um, creaturesofhabit.com with a K and you put in coupon code Vigor15, you'll get 15% off. Uh, by the way, my favorite ones are apple cinnamon and a caramel one. I mean, the peanut butter is always just a, a win 
but but those two flavors are my my daily flavors that I crush. Just in case you're like, which ones should I order? That's just my personal preference, if you ask me. Um, so make sure you get on that. Definitely share the show. Again, man, like if you don't get fired up by this, I, I do not know. Um, love and appreciate you guys. Appreciate you, my friend, for coming on to the show. This was phenomenal. And uh, I'll be talking to you and seeing you soon. My guy, thank you so much. About to talk about-